High School Basketball on Round Guy Radio is brought to you by Rob Moore, your livestock risk management of Mediapolis, Iowa, 4N Plumbing of Washington, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Real Smart Highlights of Columbus, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa, back on sponsoring us, and the Packwood Locker, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Well, it's the Thanksgiving uh, weekend here, and uh, here at Round Guy Radio, we're, we're one thing we are uh, very thankful for, and something I've always wanted to do uh, is uh, I'm thankful for athletic directors. Each school has an athletic director. Uh, from what I can see, they're the hardest working people in all the school system. Uh, they put in the longest days or your school early. They're there till 1130 at night. Uh, and we've got a couple guys, uh, I think, that can do this job for us really well uh, from different perspectives and also from the same perspective. We've got uh, Brad. What, what school are you at Des Moines? Uh, West Des Moines Valley. West Des Moines Valley. Uh, and we've got the Sigourney Savages AD, uh, Lee Crawford. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, uh, I'll start with Brad, and then uh, I'll just ask the one question. As soon as he's done, then, Lee, you can answer this. Uh, the first thing I want to know, and, and I don't know uh, what all it takes to get a basketball court ready for uh, the season, what it takes for to get a football uh, field ready, what it takes to get a baseball field ready. Uh, how many – first, I'm just asking you this, Brad. How many man hours uh, does it take? Let's just start with the football field. Well, it depends on whether you're uh... – Play on grass or turf. You know, we play on turf, so the setup for a football night is quite different from us than maybe what Lee goes through. Uh, when I was in Fairfield, I painted the field on Thursday nights. I would uh, get a crew and paint the field, and then um, and then uh, Fairfield had a, a maintenance crew help me, so we started painting on Thursdays during the day, and then mow it up and those kind of things. So hour wise. We do it at, at Valley Stadium, which holds about 10,000 people. Is we go down uh, about noon on game day, and start setting up parking in our extra uh, overflow lot. We have an ROTC group that comes in, helps us man that. But I set the cones out, uh, maybe throw a few lines down, we get the barricades up. We have we don't have enough handicap parking, so we do all those kind of things. I have a head custodian that helps me and an assistant AD, and we just kind of go through all the things, ticket booth, you know, we have, uh, you can buy tickets electronically, you can buy tickets at the gate, use cash. So we have passes, then we uh, meet with security when they get there, and all those kinds of, meet with the police officers and greet the other team. So setup, setup's probably, you know, um, six hours, probably <laughs> six hours to get all set up and make sure everything's ready to go. Okay, Lee, what about you on your grass field there? Um, yeah, as Brad said, a little bit different, you know, with, with not having turf. Um, maintenance of our of our football field, uh, you know, we play soccer on that as well. So we kind of have a maintenance schedule on our, on our football field area. Um, I'll just start, you know, we, we do a deep time aeration in August. Um, most of our football field has a, a good clay base to it, so – um it does hold some water sometimes we try to get a deep deep air aeration of it um we have had you know sprinklers on it that type of stuff trying to make sure we get grass growing in the summer 
Um, it gets it gets fertilized, it gets seeded, um, and then we have a, a group come in and mow the field. Uh, during a game week, it gets mowed twice, twice once on Tuesday, once on game day, um, and then we have uh, our, our janitorial crew of uh, Jason Shiflet and uh, Dan Utterback usually paint the field. Um, and that takes anywhere from 12 to 20 hours. Um, depends on what they've got going on during the day. Um, as far as painting all the whites and the yellows and then painting the Cobra on the center. So it's usually about, you know, I guess 15 to 20 hours to paint that field, um, with everything we put into it. Um, and as, uh, you know, as, as Brad said, you know, um, I have, I have two secretaries that kind of help me out in, in Cassidy and, and Angela uh, we, we get the money ready. One gets the money ready, one has paperwork ready, and then uh, it's basically I'm setting everything up. And usually on a game day, I will. I usually get to the field about the school about 4.15, 4.30, um, and I start setting things up between, you know, programs are usually printed off beforehand, um, and then getting all the, uh, the paperwork and the money where it needs to be, uh, waiting for the ticket takers, uh, greeting the officials, um, usually do that, and then uh, uh, greet the greet the officials. I usually greet the head coach um, when they arrive to the school um, and, and show them their locker rooms and everything. So there's a um, just a process that I've gotten down, kind of as far as our, our free game goes and those things. All right, Brad, uh, tell me about a basketball. Uh, court. What's it take to get that ready? Um, you know, it's ironic. Today I have a, we had some hail damage last August at our floor. So I have a floor guy coming in. We're doing an estimate on how to maybe re-sanding our floor over the summer and get a bid on it. But just a normal night. You know, we've got a we've got a uh, three thousand seat uh, gymnasium. Um, we set up chairs in two different gyms. We play. We play six games a night here on a home night. So we play three in each gym. So the JV girls and sophomore boys play at 445. The varsity girls play in the main gym, and the freshman boys are opposite of them. And then the varsity boys play in the freshman girls, or JV two girls are opposite of them in the other gym. So you have two gyms going all the time. It probably takes us about an hour to set up each game, and probably an hour. I help pick the chairs up and all that kind of stuff after the game because our – we don't have a lot of extra custodial help. You think we would, but all schools are struggling to probably have enough help. Um, so, you know, it probably takes us. We probably have probably have three hours in set up and clean up. <laughs> I have a really, really tremendous uh, head custodian, Jonathan. Is his name, and um, he is just really conscientious and keeps our wrestling mats and all of our athletic area just keeps everything very, very clean. So we try to do the, the workers and the kids, try to pick chairs up. When I was at Fairfield, I remember being a sophomore coach, first guy on the floor. So you try to have your players help you set chairs up so that I remember when Mr. Hoopman was our head custodian at Fairfield, try to try to have the kids help take a little buy in there and help set up a little bit so they care about it. Uh, I don't know what they figure but I'm guessing he – uh, Lee tries to get kids help too as much as they can, you know. Yeah, we, I have uh, we have junior high kids kind of help set up the football. We have the pylons and the numbers, and 
kind of get them involved. Um, I think I've taught uh, how to fold a flag more this year than, than ever between the kids, just so they know. Uh, the old, you know, they, they think they know how to fold a paper football, but then they don't know how to fold a flag, and it kind of baffles me. So, uh, But we do that with track meets, too, with hurdles and setup and stuff like that. I try to get kids involved, uh, you know, anytime I can, just so they take some pride in it and in what's happening. Uh, they usually get a pizza party after the fact, so um, just getting them involved in school more and that stuff. But uh, basketball court, uh, you know, like Brad said, our janitorial staff keeps the floors clean. They're very conscientious of, you know, the bleachers being clean, the hallways being clean. They know when people are coming in the building. They do they do an awesome job with that. Um, you know, setting up the score bench, um, I think I spent, oh, I don't know, half an hour working on the scoreboard uh, to make sure our new sc- the scoreboard was going to work with the whole new five fouls and reprogramming it so that, you know, it didn't go to seven. And I think I still have to do the junior high scoreboard, but we normally have uh, two gyms going, two games in each gym, varsity in one, JV in another, just depending on what the other school has for us. And then, you know, I would guess, you know, probably an hour set up as well, you know, making sure ticket tables are set up, uh, making sure the money's ready to go. Uh, programs are printed off, that type of thing. And then, Again, greeting the officials, telling the opposing teams where to go for their locker rooms, those types of things, and then sticking around afterwards, uh, help pick up a little bit, um, and just uh, making sure doors are shut and everybody, everybody's gotten out of there and gotten home. So, no, the, the hardest thing that happens to Lee and I both is you're trying to get stuff set up, and that's when the team shows up early or kids. Yeah. You know, we we have some teams that don't travel by bus, so their kids will show up. They drive themselves, so then you have kids showing up sporadically, and then then you have a lot of kids that um, are hanging out, wanting to come to the game, but you haven't opened the doors yet. Yeah. You know, so, um, or you get the random parent that shows up at uh, five o'clock. You know, like you the team's not there yet, but the parent shows up, and you don't know what's going on. Yeah, they. Uh, I, I was certainly. I remember fondly refereeing and Sigourney. Um, coming there, I used to do boys double doubleheader. <laughs> Bob Bradfield used to come up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was always, yeah. Yep. The old football coach was the AD then. Um, he's up at Bob the- Howard. Bob Howard, he was great. Bob Howard, yep. Work for it, yeah. All right. Well, I saved the best for last. You guys, uh, uh, the three of us have a love for baseball that is a, be- a-, a borderline obsession. Uh, uh, so, Brad, uh, you got, now you, you guys, I don't know if you guys share different fields with, with schools like uh, the football, I think share some some the field with some other schools. But tell me a little bit about the baseball setup there. Uh, well, football we do we do uh, we allow Dally to uh, rent our our field, and that's they just got with the state and have options scheduled. So if we're on the road, they're playing here, and if we're in a couple at home, then they're on the road. So it works out pretty good. Baseball. We're right outside our our facility here at the high school, baseball and softball. I got a kid in each one of those sports. Got a senior boy and a sophomore girl, uh, a kid of mine that are uh, playing, and we play right out back. And that's just kind of an all day thing. People don't really realize in the summer, probably eighty hour weeks are kind of normal for an athletic director. We have eighth grade softball starts at eight a.m. Ninth grade. Uh, is either on the road 
that's eighth grades at home, and then JV starts about setting up about two thirty. They get eighth grade or ninth grade get done about noon, then we start JV varsity about two thirty and get done about ten. Baseball, same thing, and uh, we get kids help concession stand and try to try to be good hosts. But you're here pretty much um, all day. I mean, and if uh, there are days when we're on the road, but um, it's it's not a. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's it's it, you don't get this. You're not not in the office. It's it's a good place to spend time, but it's a lot of time out there. And we have great great programs and. Um, and a lot, our, just like everybody else, our our coaches spend a lot of time taking care of their field. It's kind of like I don't know. It's, it's uh, it would be somewhat uh, stereotyping, but baseball coaches are judged about how their fields look. Kind of like we always blame the woman when the house doesn't look good. That's not more, <laughs> but you know, it's I always feel like if it's well manicured. You know, the coach taught the kids the right way. You know, I used to always emulate Denny Barton, always took care of his <coughs> baseball field at Urbandale, just really, really took care of it and um, showed the kids. And we always, I always bought into showing our kids how to take care of the field. If they put a little time into it, they take care of it better and they respect it. So that, we're pretty lucky here. Our kids all buy into that uh, and help the coaches do a lot of that work. Okay. Well, um, Go ahead, uh, uh, Lee. I'm sorry. Uh, our our uh, we're, we're a little bit unique. Our baseball field is right behind the school, um, kind of locked in between our practice field and our football field. It's kind of the opposite, I think, the way it should be. Our outfield is towards our uh, press box and home plates, like the farthest thing away from from anything when they built the field. Um, I, we do spend a lot of. I am the head baseball coach, so. Um, you know, as Brad said, we, we spend a lot of time on uh, edging our field, mowing our field. We do have a group that comes in and mows it on game days um, and ma- and maintains it. Um, our staff does a great job of um, with, with Jason and Dan uh, spraying the warning track and trying to keep that under control. But you know, a lot of uh, a lot of our downtime is spent on edging and uh, getting the weeds off the skin and all those different things, and trying to keep things clean. We we have a big day at the beginning of the year where we try to get everything back up to snuff and um, and then just maintain edging throughout the year and mowing and that type of stuff. Um, our softball field is located, I believe, six blocks away um, from the school to the west. Um, and it's, in, it's located where uh, the old football field used to be. They called it Schaefer Field back I believe it was around 1972 the football field was there. In fact, it still has the cement uh, cement footings for where the old bleachers used to sit down there in the, in the back side of the outfield. So um, we've called that Schaefer Field just because of, uh, I believe he was a gentleman that donated the land. So we have a unique situation of being in two spots for baseball and softball, um, which means two concession stands, two gates. Um, usually I'm dropping money off around, oh, two thirty, three o'clock. Um, and then I'm heading up, we, we start batting practice usually around three o'clock most days, depending on, if we're on the road, it'll be a little earlier. Um, then, you know, getting done at, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock for baseball, but softball is usually done a little bit earlier. Um, I'm, I've been very blessed to have 
good administrators that work with me on that uh, in Shannon Webb and Kevin Hatfield and uh, my soft, a longtime softball coach, Shelly Striegel, has uh, done a great job of maintaining things down there. And um, we have a pretty good setup for softball, I think. We've hosted numerous t- tournament games there. But, uh, you know, same thing as Brad. We have junior high in the morning just because of uh, field space and those types of things. So, I mean, you know, kids are showing up 8 a.m. Uh, the baseball field and softball fields, they're there till about 1 um, if you're an eighth grader playing up, you're probably showing, getting a two hour break and coming right back for batting practices. Uh, you're, you're spending a lot of time there, uh, just maintaining things, um, you know, the edging, uh, there's been numerous times, you know, we get into playoff scenarios for softball, go early and, you know, look at the field and help them out. Um, Frosty Streels did a great job last year with that. Um, but you know, just making sure things are in order and, um, Things are run smoothly at those events. Dave, what Dave, what people forget is I'm at the largest high school in the state, 2,600 kids, you know, and we have the same number of programs that Sigourney does. So if you're a small school, you still have softball program to run. You still have football program to run cross country. So maybe we have a couple of sports. I don't know if Sigourney has tennis, but there might be one or two sports they don't have that we do. But what I always thought was that people didn't realize was those small town guys, they're trying to hire and and they're a facility. Not, not like I have 50 extra people, but um, the only difference is, is I just have probably more kids. You know, I have I have 70 freshman boys basketball players. Oh. That problem, but I but it's but not our problems are not that much different. They're just it's just it's just a different type of challenge. One thing this job has taught me is that. There'll be challenges every week, and you just have to be able to solve problems. Probably ten an hour. It feels like there's something comes up every hour, you know. And you just have to be a good problem solver. And hopefully, if you've been a really good person and someone that cares about your community like Lee does, other people are willing to help. And I, I, I'm trying to build that here as well, you know. I'm talking to all the Round Guy radio listeners out there with livestock. If uh, we've got a couple sponsors that are specifically going to help you here. Uh, first, we want to mention Rob Moore of Livestock Risk Management Partners. If you need to manage the risk of your livestock, get a hold of them. But if you need to move your livestock, uh, Henshaw Trailer Sales, located on uh, Highway 78 in beautiful Richland, Iowa, uh, talk to Corwin Henshaw about his new Hillsboro trailers. They got a 10-year warranty, and these are the state-of-the-art. These are the best trailers you can get for moving cattle. All right, hey, uh, uh, Brad, uh, uh, Lee is the baseball coach uh, as well as the athletic director. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, he has to have some help or something with him, and I'll let him answer this next. But uh, I'm assuming at a school your size, you don't uh, coach any team, but do you help out with the coaching or anything in, in some areas? That's a great question. I wish I could, but we don't. They don't allow it here. I coach when I uh... – I did coach my kids through their youth sports and baseball and softball. So I was able to kind of manipulate my work schedule to be able to, uh, sometimes I just couldn't go to games of my kids because I had work and they understood that. So playing, they both played three sports up until last year. Now my son just plays baseball. My daughter plays basketball and baseball or softball, but I, I'm not a, I'm not a coach. Um, I, uh, I do some work with some hitters, softball hitters and 
fielding stuff, coach some spring league stuff, help out because you're allowed to do that as the AD. So I just help the Valley girls and boys uh, in the off season, but I'm not I'm not a paid coach. Nope. All right. Well, uh, what about you, Lee? Uh, be what's it? You know, you got to have you know the softball, and it's not always at the same time in the same game, and you probably got some other activities going on. So, uh, how who helps you pick up the slack, and how do you uh, uh, work that out being the coach? And I know it's the summer, so that probably helps some. Well, I mean, I, I have I have two pretty good secretaries, and Kathy Mitchell and Angela Snakenberg that. Uh, Really got a lot, get a lot of things, a lot pre-lined up. Uh, we usually give our softball coach uh, a packet at the beginning of the year that has all of the softball umpire paperwork, all the gate paperwork, um, and then she turns everything into me after her game's over. She'll just drive up to school and uh, you know put the paperwork in my car, and then we'll meet with the money bag later on. But uh, um, a lot, a lot of that falls on you know my my principal a little bit. Um, you know, taking it over some things as far as supervision goes. And then obviously being the head baseball coach and supervising, you know, the site at the same time can be difficult sometimes, but um, things, things have gone pretty well. We've been pretty lucky. Our, both our programs in the summer have been uh, very successful. Like our, our girls have won conference title three years in a row. Um, our boys baseball has won our district uh, five years in a row. So we've, we've had pretty good ball, ball teams and, not many problems really with with the summer summer stuff. Um, you know, as Brad said, I I didn't I, I coached my son in baseball uh, throughout his career. I coached him in junior high football, um, but but after that, I kind of wanted to let other people coach him, um, just so you know he could learn from other coaches and do other things and. People didn't think it was just, you know, me being gay and having pole or anything like that. But we had pretty good coach. He had pretty good coaches in Jared Jensen and Mitch Eslick that uh, did a great job with him uh, as far as uh, building him up. And same with my older son, you know, he had, he had uh, Andy Harder as a cross-country coach and then Coach Jensen again in, in track. So I really wanted uh, other people to coach um, my, my boys so they could grow a little bit. Uh, in their lives and see things from a different perspective. And then, you know, sometimes it was nice when they came home and they, they wanted to talk a little bit and they realized dad might not be, you know, lying to them all the time. So um, it was it was a good good run with them. But, uh, you know, I did miss some events. Being the AD, I missed a lot of my older son's cross-country meets. It just wasn't, po- you know, possible when you were coaching. So I had to give up. Gave up coaching junior high football uh, just so I could attend some other events and just, uh, uh, you know, have had a little bit of freedom to see some things. But then, you know, baseball is in the summer, so it's, you know, I know I have to be there anyway, so it kind of works out for us to, for me to still coach baseball. All right. Well, uh, Brad, let me ask you this. Um, there's another school that we cover quite a bit, and it's a, a Waco uh, over there in Wayland, Iowa. It's a small school like Sigourney. Uh, now, they, they sh- I think the, I, I think the basketball coach is the AD during the football season and the football coach is the AD during the basketball season. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but there's some shared uh, a bill, uh, deal. And then they have a, a separate one that just does the volleyball during the football season because everybody can't be at the same place. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, I don't know. 
that you'd be sharing any duties or, or, or anything, but, but uh, uh, is there anything that uh, uh, could relate to the big schools like that? Yeah. Um, I know Dowling, uh, what, they, what they do is Tom Wilson's their AD and head football coach. Now they've got about, I think they got about 1400 students. Uh, they compete in the large, they compete against us in a large class and hold their own in every sport. You know, they were state, uh, uh, champs in cross country and second volleyball. So we uh, they had a great fall just like we did. Uh, went to state in all six sports. But Tom coaches football. So then his assistant, Jared uh, Herring, was from Burlington. You might remember him as a track star and then played football and ran track at UNI. Um, he's their head track coach. So he handles all the athletic duties during the fall. And then they both share them during the winter. And then the spring, Tom does all the athletic directing duties, which, you know, that's his job anyway. But, I mean, what I'm saying is they they are able to kind of <laughs> share some of those duties. And um, I know there are there are some uh, some schools around that do, do a lot of that type of thing. They might hire somebody to be – like when I was at Fairfield, just having an event coordinator, somebody that you could just count on to help set up for events, meet the officials, you know, that would really help a guy like – like Lee or someone at Fairfield, you know, Jeff Courtright, if you just had a, a guy, you could just, you know, I don't know, $10,000 stipend or $5,000 stipend, whatever it would come out to hour wise and just pay that person to be your, uh, your helper setting up, making sure we have officials. Now the secretaries or, or the office managers do a great job of that here as well, but someone's still got to be on boots on the ground when they, when people start showing up. So it's always nice to have an extra person and security has become a little more of a, of a uh, focus since I've been here. I've tried to make that, make all of our events very safe. So we have uh, police and uh, at every game and those kinds of things. So that, that helps as well, but it's always nice to have someone who's there to coordinate, meet those guys, get them to where they need to be, that kind of stuff. All right. Well, Lee, you uh, you share uh, you have separate uh, basketball and baseball teams. I think you share wrestling and uh, uh, football. If, uh, am I correct about that? Yeah, and bowling and trap shooting. Okay. So um, when you're when you're sharing, uh, I know uh, Dan Stout's down there in Kyoto. Uh, is there some kind of coordinated effort between the two of you to to work with these games? Yeah, uh, Dan's also one of our junior high football coaches uh, with Alan Sellers and Bruce Hahn over there. So we have all of our junior high football over in Kyoto. Uh, so you know, I, I've done tried to do a better job uh, coordinating with Dan here in the last year or two. Uh, we've really gotten on the same page as far as our sharing agreements and our programs and uh, just been really upfront with uh, with each other as far as where we stand on some things. And, um, you know, if it's a schedule thing, Dan's probably one of my, my first or second call to make sure he knows it before it hits social media or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, as far as like the football season goes, Dan, I know Dan, uh, gets the field ready there in Kyoto. He mows it, he paints it. He does everything over there with that. Um, they've added our conference started charging for some things. So they started charging at our junior high events. So. Dan's had to organize like some ticket takers, all those different things. So, and those are the things I don't have to touch um, as far as junior high football goes. Uh, bowling is kind of self self preservation, I guess. Uh, 
you know, you have one spot. I we I try to get like one or two bowling meets a year. Trap shooting kind of is kind of its own thing as well. Um, and then you know, wrestling is in Sigourney, so I try to maintain that one. Uh, while Dan does, you know, the junior high football, I try to main, help maintain uh, the wrestling program, making sure you know everything's good to go there. We're kind of in a tight spot right now with coaches because we just added. We just added girls wrestling this season, and we do, we we did it late. Um, so we you know having to build a schedule and talk to transportation and talk about money with you know with coaches. We're kind of limited on coaches now, so I think I'm going to be doing some track wrestling on the side here. So um, and probably a little bit of huddle is my guess. Uh, trying to make sure those things and programs go off without a hitch. So uh, we we do talk quite a bit Dan and I do all right well my next question Brad is about uh media uh how do you coordinate media uh Lee works with me to help uh, uh promote uh the team he works with Thunder Country uh got a local radio station that covers kind of blessed in Sigourney not everybody has uh, a lot of these small schools just don't hardly have nothing uh, but uh you know um some schools are uh got some some uh, high school kids that are kind of uh, doing some play-by-play, maybe working behind the scenes in the media. Do you guys have a media program? How do, how do you how do you get your games out there to the public? Well, we do a lot of uh, live streaming of our events. And so if uh, TISN.TV, um, we've uh, worked with them for many, many years. In fact, we're the first school that worked with them. They do all of our uh, football games. They have a contract with the girls' union. They do a lot of stuff with the girls' union as well. So um, they they do a lot of our games. If, if a game's not scheduled to be on, like a volleyball game or something, or a, a lower-level basketball game's not scheduled to be on, we have Hubble cameras which we can send to our YouTube page. And then our high school kids that are announcing the game, we just we just track it. So the, uh, the radio from the high school radio station that we have um, – uh, plays over the video of the camera just in the in the gym. So we always have a, an option for uh, grandparents and maybe people who can't get to the game to see our events. And that's not true in softball and baseball. We haven't found a good system for softball and baseball yet. But for football, volleyball, um, a lot of our indoor, indoor gymnasium sports, we're good to go there with that. And then, you know, WHO, Channel uh, 13, did one of our games this year. Uh, we just work out a contract with them through the league and individually. And then we have all kinds of media that come. Uh, all the TV stations like to come to our field and do weather updates and then kind of talk about the big game, wherever we might be playing. And they do that a lot. They'll, they know to get a hold of me directly. We haven't, you know, anybody that's taken pictures has to be vetted. They come through my office. So we just don't, you know, last year when, Waukee had a very, you know, highly regarded basketball player. It seems like everybody, everybody had a video business now out there trying to videotape, you know, um, Omaha Baloo and watch him play before he went to Iowa State. And we want to be very safe about who's sitting around the court and who's taking pictures and what, what are they taking pictures of. We have to protect our students. Uh, we certainly want to be open to the media and be very uh, transparent and let media come be a part of our events, but at the same time, there's a there's a protocol and there's a safety factor there too of who all is in here filming filming our students. So um, hopefully that comes across positive. I 
they all run. They have to. They have to apply through my office to be here to 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 uh, film our games. All right, Lee. What do you have to do to to get you know the savages on the air? Well, like you said, we have we have you, Dave. That uh, you do a lot of our events and come cover us, which you know is really appreciative as far as a local guy that's uh, you know you know putting our kids' names out there and, and following us. And I think you've got a pretty big following as far as our athletics go. And then, uh, like you said, we have Thunder Country and Joe Millage. Uh, they're out of Albia. We have a contract with them for all of our varsity events. Um, Joe has treated us. Uh, I, w- I would say king of the mountain, I guess, you know, as far as, you know, taking care of us. Um, I was very hesitant probably about six, seven years ago. I was very hesitant about live streaming our events uh, just because I was worried about gates um, because our gates are really our only source of income as far as our uniforms and, and, and stuff we want to get and uh, just paying officials comes out of there, all of that stuff. So I was very hesitant about live stream, but, uh, it's really been kind of the opposite effect since we've, we've started doing that. Uh, I think our last playoff game, Joel told us we were just under 4,000 people watching that playoff game, uh, which benefits him, obviously, but it also, uh, I've been big into like selling our brand a little bit, you know, the SK football brand and selling the Sigourney and the Kyoto brands as far as our schools go. Um, just putting it out there, what our programs are about, our academics, all those different things. So, uh, Thunder Country's done a great job. I know we get covered by uh, Scotty Jackson of the Tumble Courier quite a bit. Um, he's he's sitting in our gym, um, you know. But after that, it, it'd have to be something special. They'd probably have to contact us. Um, over the years, we've had KCRG come down for athletes of the week. I think we've got a. I'm pretty sure we have a KCRG camera on top of our school that does uh, weather and shows our football field and baseball fields uh, in the front of our school quite a bit. Um, so we get some, some, some stuff there, but other than that, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, an hour from Iowa city, an hour and a half from Des Moines. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a special effort to come to Sigourney sometimes. And, um, but we do, I feel like we do get enough media coverage for our kids, um, you know, and just trying to try to promote our programs and in, in our schools and, uh, you know, just trying to make things better. All right. Well, uh, Brad, what about money? You know, uh, how does the school generate money? Now, I know I'm going to uh, cite something specific that I was involved in. Uh, a couple years ago, there was an eight-man showcase in Martinsdale, St. Mary's. Uh, they brought in, uh, they had two games and brought in four teams, played back-to-back games. I talked to the AD there. He said that, you know, he paid the, the bus drivers and the fuel and the referees, and, and they didn't have any expense to the game. But they, they, they collected a little extra revenue that he said that was important to their program. Uh, have you has either one of you guys ever done something, you know, to generate revenue? And, and how is revenue generated for the sports team? Start with uh, you, Brad. You could probably take a full class just on, on uh, this. Um, well, I'm a little different. I don't know what Lee has down there, but I'm a little different than I was at most other schools. Um I, I didn't, when I first moved here for the first nine years, we got no help from the general fund except for um, coaches' salaries. And then, so what that means is, I spend about $130,000 a year on transportation. 
And transportation has been sort of an up and down thing. We used to be able to take charter buses uh, over an hour. So if I went to Marshalltown or Mason City, it was cheaper to take charter buses. Now charter buses are probably twice as expensive as um, our own school buses. But I get charged for every 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 janitor, every bus I take. So I got about 130 in transportation, probably 65 and 65,000. And then you have equipment and uniforms and things like that. It's probably, you know, before you're done, it's, you know, over a hundred, hundred thousand dollars. Reconditioning of football gear is probably reconditioning helmets and those kind of things is probably 30,000. Cause we have, we have over 200 football players and it's probably a thousand dollars each to, to fit those kids with helmets, shoulder pads, all that kind of stuff. So we do have to find ways to generate money. And we do that by selling season tickets. We do that by individual team fundraisers. So they go out and they might do a credit card or a, an online fundraiser where they ask their relatives and friends and those kinds of people to donate to the program. We have a booster club that generates about eighty to 100000 by selling concessions at all of our events and doing uh, membership drives and those kinds of things. We have ticket sales, you know, so um, football, if we have five home games and they're good home games, we'll bring in somewhere between seventy and 80000 And then if I have um, – if I do a good job of selling ads on the on the scoreboards, we have four video boards, one at football, one at track, which are separate facilities. Then we have one at the um, – we have two – we have a board indoors for basketball as well. And then we have some other areas where they can advertise. So we have uh, – you know, like I said, we, Dowling uses our facility, but it's our scoreboard. So we have – we know we're going to have over – 100,000 people in the fall see those scoreboards so people are more willing to advertise there um, because we have 40 soccer events as well. So we generate money through advertising as well, but it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's something that's really trained me to be very diligent about our money, how we spend our money. Uh, when we went through a little bit of a the COVID crisis, you know, we actually were able to, because we were kind of used to being self-sufficient, we were able to kind of manage our money and the coaches here are very good about my directors. I'm also a fine arts director. They're very good about not over asking. They ask for what they need to be successful. And then that's, you know, that's, that's what they do. But we do, we do fundraisers. We do. That's one thing that I try, try to teach young eighties about. There's more fundraising than you possibly were prepared for when you took the job. It can kind of wear you out. You're constantly uh, trying to raise money. Um, then you try to work with the parent groups on what they need to be prepared to pay for, travel, food, things like that, whereas the school is paying for uniforms and, and travel and equipment and those kind of things that that um, make our kids successful. But I hope I've answered that question right. But we you know we hope for we hope for a great great fall and we'd be very successful because you generate a lot of money at football games. But our basketball, we have three sports that are that generate enough revenue to pay for themselves, but you can't really blame cross country. We don't really charge at cross country. I think people would pay at cross country. I think they would certainly pay to watch their kids run. And, uh, and it's a great entertainment. Uh, we had the state champ here. She was phenomenal. And our team got second in girls and our boys made state tournament. People would pay to do that, but it's just so hard 
to try to make people pay for parking and figure out how to do that. But so we don't hold that against them. So just because they don't generate as much revenue at their at their events, we don't say well they don't get they don't get sweats or they don't get warm ups. We we treat it. You know, I, I've I've said no very very seldom have I ever said no to to things that our kids actually need. We just have to find a way to generate the money to to, to buy all those things. And things have gone up. It's uh it's been a real challenge for people like Lee and I because equipment has gone up so much. Basketballs are seventy, eighty dollars. Volleyball is sixty dollars to eighty dollars. Those that you become very uh, cognizant of where those are going and who's taking one out the door, all those kinds of things. Because you know, in training equipment, you know, having enough tape and having trainers to take care of your kids, all that, all that stuff adds up. It's, it's. I'm sure that's the one big difference between, I'm not between Lee and I, but my budget would probably surprise people at how much money really mm-hmm. goes to the athletic department at a school my size. Uh, first, first, I can uh, I can tell you I know what Brad's first football game was when he his first year as AD. Because of my first year as AD, I sat in on a class and Brad taught it. Uh, and uh, you know, the, we're talking about the difference between big school and small school. Brad's gate of that first Valley Dowling football game probably would have taken care of the Sigourney Sigourney Kyoto budget for the whole year with, with one football game. Um, you know, fundraising wise, we we try to do quite a bit in the fall. I'll be honest. We we have uh, banners on the fences. We have uh, we have a TV in the gym. Um, we try to get all that wrapped up. Thunder Country, we have a contract with that gains revenue. Um, I've tried to find different ways to gain revenue uh, without being the gate. I mean, we do activity tickets and kids' activity tickets and family passes and all of that stuff, trying to gain gain revenue to you know have the budget for the year all those different things um you know probably probably the biggest one obviously is you know as brad said was football we're, we're kind of lining things right up right now i think our reconditioning bill was 29 helmets was going to be probably around 2900 dollars just to get the football helmets reconditioned and we're looking at um adding uh we, we have a budget there we're looking at adding you know, six or seven helmets and some shoulder pads on top of that. Um, we have to have kids get that bought their own helmets, have to get reconditioned, all those things. So, you know, on an average year, you know, we, we try to spend 5000 on new gear, and then you're probably spending $5,000 on um, reconditioning stuff. So normally on the football season, you know, every year we're spending, t- you know, ten to $12,000 every year just on, you know, making sure we're prepared for football. Um, that doesn't necessarily include uniforms. Uh, we do have a football booster club, the Cobra Club, that helps out quite a bit with us. We also have the Sigourney Pride, which uh, has been doing a great job as far as a booster club, helping us out with certain things. I think they bought, you know, two new ball racks uh, this last this last month for us. Kind of upgraded those because as you know, as as Brad said, our football our footballs are uh, you know I, I just. Bought 12 or 13 more of those. Those are $105 a piece. Uh, basketballs are anywhere from 65 to $80 a piece if you want the imprint on them. Um, baseballs were crazy. They're $88 a dozen um, for, for 12 of those. So, I mean, our prices have gone up. Uh, uniform prices have gone up a little bit. Uh, got a, we've got a uniform rotation on all those different things. So, you know, money's important. Uh, I think we have... You know, three or four sports are kind of independent. 
uh, of themselves uh, as far as, you know, money-wise. They take care of themselves. They do, you know, their own fundraising, which takes care of themselves, and that's kind of nice, frees up some other stuff. But uh, we've been really trying to, you know, put some money into our weight room. We think that's uh, part of our culture a little bit down here. Um, you know, I'm just, just trying to find other avenues. We've got, you know, two great communities with Sigourney and Kyoto that have really backed our football program and, and backed some things. And, uh, we've got two good teams that back all the other sports for the kids. So I, I feel like we're pretty lucky, um, the support we get from our communities and, um, they want to see good teams. They want to see, you know, kids not getting hurt on the field, those types of things. So, um, it, it's, it's nice to have. The ability to do some fundraising and, and people will donate. All right. Well, Brad, uh, I know you're running out of a little time. Uh, I'll just give you an opportunity to say anything that you want uh, to close this out. Well, I just, first of all, appreciate, I, I, I love what you're doing, Dave. I love that you're, uh, you know, getting out there and just talking about our field. I mean, we're both very lucky. Uh, Lee's in a great community. I came from a great community in Fairfield. I felt like we always had everything we needed to be to be successful, and that's part of our jobs. And uh, Lee and I go to a convention together, and you get to kind of complain a little bit, but then at the same time you reflect and you find out you're, we're in great communities and we're doing what we what we really enjoy doing. So, um, you know, anytime I can help anybody, I'm glad to try to do it. We have our challenges here. We have you know things that you can talk about in the future. I mean. Just feeding kids and getting kids food. We have a lot of you would think that our side school on that that we'd have kids. That, but I worry about kids that go home and don't have food after practice, and and if they if they're if uh, they're at a single parent family and maybe that parent works at night, you know, making sure they have things like that. Um, I, I just see the state of Iowa doing a better job. I think all of our schools are doing a good job of worrying about all kids, especially in public education. I just see it. I see people really working hard to try to take care of all of our kids and give them access to try to play these sports and, and, ha and be, in, be in activities. So I really have a lot of respect for Lee and look forward to sharing uh, with you guys again in the future. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, go ahead. You can close the, uh, your thanks for being with us, Brad. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Brad. Whatever you want to say to finish this out, go ahead. We could talk for another hour. Uh, I got <laughs> questions I haven't even come close to getting to yet, but uh, 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 that's fine. Um, I, I just want to thank thank you first of all for for having us and putting the ads on. I think uh, you know it's a little bit of an unsung thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm very service oriented. I really don't go looking for credit. Um, you know, I, I leave that. I'd rather have the credit go to our kids and our coaches and. I like being behind the scenes a little bit and helping out and uh, making sure things are going to go right. And I, I feel very lucky to be in the community I'm in. Um, I've had some, some great people. I have great, I feel like I have great coaches in place. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Dave Tremel was before me a long time, uh, basketball coach at Washington there. And, uh, you know, he was a, a great role model for me as far as being the AD before me. And I just feel very, you know, very blessed as far as, uh, you know, the people I work with and the administration we have, our, our school board, et cetera. And, uh, um, you know, again, you know, like, like Brad said, you know, I think our, you know, our position is a big one, but I think, uh, you know, working for the school is a big deal. Um, we have, we have kids that show up at six thirty in the morning, one for weights, but you know, we do have kids that show up at six thirty in the morning just because, you know, that's, the, that's, 
it might be warmer than their house in school. Um, and then you know, they know they can get breakfast there. They know we have kids that stay till 4:30 that you know aren't out for an activity, but that's you know they have internet there. They they can do their homework there. They don't you know it's it's a kind of a safe zone for some of them. So um, you know and I do think you know being the AD and having programs for kids is is a big deal academically. Um, I think there's a study out there will tell you that if a kid's out for one, at least one sport, academically, they're going to be, you know, better off because someone's going to be watching them. We have coaches that watch our DNF list all the time. They're always telling kids, you make sure you're studying, getting things turned in. Um, I think they're, they're doing a great job of telling, making our kids responsible and making sure our kids are, you know, getting some values in their life that they need. And I think that's the important part that the, you know, our, coaching staff and our, and our teachers play so again thank you dave appreciate all you do well thanks for being with us and thanks for uh allowing me the, the access that i get to cover the the Sigourney savages this has been yes, a great sir. episode everybody have a thanksgiving uh, uh happy thanksgiving weekend and thanks for being with us high school basketball on round guy radio is brought to you by rob moore your livestock risk management of Mediapolis, Iowa, 4N Plumbing of Washington, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Real Smart Highlights of Columbus, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa, back on sponsoring us, and the Packwood Locker, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa.